Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball. Our hosts are John Fanta, who calls games all around the country for Fox Sports and others, and Kim Adams, an analyst for Fox and ESPN, and a former D1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like. If you don't believe me, check her Twitter page. Take it away, guys. Monday, April 6, 2020. What was supposed to be Championship Monday in college basketball as we tape another edition of Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams. And while there is no national championship game this season, we're still going to bring you the latest storylines in the sport. John Fanta, Kim Adams with you here. Uh, another week of quarantining and and isolating uh, here. Hope everybody is safe and healthy during this COVID-19 pandemic as it continues to forge along we're just hoping that all of our listeners out there are safe and healthy and if you know anybody uh, or have been impacted by this pandemic our thoughts and prayers are with you but kim uh, as we jump in today we've got a loaded interview with jeff goodman at goodman hoops on twitter he covers college basketball for stadium was at espn fox sports uh, before in his career he's got a a finger on every pulse in this sport he knows what's going on so We've got a lot of insightful info uh, that we typically would talk be talking about in a normal offseason, but now this offseason's all shaken up with NBA draft, with transfer, so we'll jump into that. But first off, Kim, how are you, and what are your thoughts? Hello, John. I'm, I'm doing well. Still in Philly. Can't say uh, I have much news to report from when we last talked a week ago. Still feeling healthy. Family is healthy and safe, which is obviously everyone's number one priority right now. Um, have to say definitely, you know, got a little sad this weekend thinking this should have been the final four weekend on both the men's and women's side and just kind of set in just how, how crazy of a time this truly is. Um, and I, I just, you know, continuing to, to keep up on all the news that's coming out. Um, I know this is supposed to be a really a really tough week back in my home area of New York um, in terms of the the virus starting to peak. So just really thinking of of back home in New York right now, um, sending well wishes. But but yeah, I mean I can't I can't act like I'm not sad that we don't have a national championship game to be watching tonight, John. What a just an absolutely insane time this is. It, it is. It's crazy. My thought came off the top is this. Over the weekend, it's reported that President Trump is meeting with the pro sports commissioners and league leaders in the sports world, NBA, NHL, MLB, and beyond. And it's reported, Adam Schefter, Adrian Wojnarowski, all over this, they do a great job at ESPN, 
that the NFL should start back up in September, that President Trump is saying he anticipates things starting back up with the NFL on schedule. And I have two thoughts on on this. One, we all know that we are going to move forward at some point. And if we continue to unite, do what experts have been saying, it seems like the better we do with that, the quicker it is that we're going to, to move forward. And we all want to move forward. By the same token, I just think putting out timetables right now or projecting when we're going to start back up. In our worst week yet, the Surgeon General said it on Sunday, uh, that this upcoming week could be the, the worst week of this and is on track to be the worst week. To me, it desensitizes. It's totally taking away. It, it, it almost, it, it just doesn't seem right to talk about timetables and when we're starting back up. That's not to say that we shouldn't be working on plans to try to get rev back up. Sports are a huge part of our world, uh, both for us mentally, us economically, you name it. But for me right now, I'm not thinking about a timetable. Uh, I think that it's, it's great if the NFL starts back up in September, but by the same token, then, is that implying that we're not going to have any sports in mid-July? It, it almost gives an implication that, oh, maybe because the NFL is, is on track or should be starting by September, well, what about some of the other sports? It just throws a bunch of questions out there in a time and period where we should be doing everything we can while our frontline workers are, are the MVPs, Miss, are the real heroes. Uh, it takes away from what we should be doing, what we should be thinking about. And uh, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to think, but what I will say is this is just a difficult time. And no timetable is going to be something that, that is thought of more than the lives being lost. And I, I think that that's something that has to still be thought of right now. And I, I think that contingency plans are great. But, you know, my take right now is, you can't tell where this is going. You can only do what our healthcare workers and experts in the field are saying. Yeah, I, I'm with you, John. I mean, the only the only people that I want to hear from right now on projections and dates and numbers are are the top medical experts in the world, in the country. And I think this this isn't about business this isn't about oh sports are great sports are fun it'll lift everyone up let's get yeah, sports we love sports. back this is a believe me if someone could tell me okay oh, you'll be back back working on august 1st that would be great my my bank account would surely love that um but it's not that's not what the reality is right now so i'm with you i a timeline is we should throw it out the window we should throw it out the window right now um and, and just trust what the, the health experts are saying. Here in college basketball, you've got unprecedented times. In fact, just looking at Twitter as we record, Bob Huggins suggests that the NCAA tournament should start next college basketball season. Uh, that's where we're at right now. That, that is where we're at right now. We've got all different kinds of observations. Bob Huggins has won over 800 games. When he talks, you listen. That is a take I have not heard, but it just shows where we are. And 
Uh, the Cincinnati Inquirer is reporting uh, that that's something that he said recently. But we are also in unprecedented times with transfers potentially being immediately eligible next year with the NBA draft, having more people projecting or putting their names into the NBA draft than ever before. But we don't even know how the NBA draft is going to look. We know that there's not going to be a, a scouting combine in all likelihood. So how does that change the complexion of the draft? And what about next year in college hoops? What can we expect from loaded freshman classes at two blue bloods, Duke and Kentucky? All these questions and more are answered with the one and only Jeff Goodman. He's a longtime college basketball insider, now with Stadium, giving you all you need to know at Goodman Hoops on Twitter. It's a must-follow for college basketball fans. It's Jeff Goodman who joins us on Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams. Jeff, as we get rolling here, as we're taping, it's Monday morning. The national championship game should be tonight. Who do you think should have been playing this evening? You know, it's so hard to tell, guys, because, I mean, this this NCAA tournament, I think, was going to be the craziest that we've ever witnessed just because there wasn't a dominant team or dominant teams when you had teams like, you know, San Diego State and Dayton and Baylor uh, in the top five for the majority of the season. It, it kind of set up for what would be a wild NCAA tournament. So, uh, gun to my head, I would probably say, you know, I, I went with Kansas Seton Hall just because I think, you know, Kansas have the best team. They've got a, group, a good point guard in Dotson, a big man in Doak, uh, great defense with Marcus Garrett and a hell of a coach in Bill Self, and they've been able to somehow deal with all the distractions going on in that program the last uh, year or a couple of years. And I love Seton Hall. I know they weren't playing great down the stretch, but uh, between Miles Powell and Sandra, I think those were two guys that could carry them uh, to a Final Four. So I went with those two, but honestly, you, you could roll the dice with just about any team that made it in as an at-large team and make a case for why they could have won four straight. Who wins that matchup? I'm not going against Kansas this year. I, again, I just think the only thing that worried me about Kansas was they didn't have enough consistent perimeter shooting. But even if they had a game where they went, say, two for 18 from three, I felt like they could grind it out and beat you in a 55-53 in a game because of their defense. Very interesting there, Jeff. And, yeah, hard to tell because we never even saw the brackets. We don't know who ends up where, who's on which side. Um, but certainly we all wish we could have been watching that game tonight, but I know, I know you've been keeping busy with, with transfer news, with draft news and basketball fans in general are just looking for any type of news these days. So we had the Naismith hall of fame class announcement come out a couple days ago. So we were just interested to hear what were your takes on some of those selections. I know this is a college hoops podcast. We had some big college names on there, Tamika catchings, Tim Duncan, Kim Mulkey, Eddie Sutton, even Barbara Stevens up from your way. Just what were some of your initial reactions to that class? First of all, Kim, I just want to make sure your back is, is feeling okay from carrying John uh, in this <laughs> podcast. Uh, I know it is a difficult, difficult task. We've been around John, especially my daughter and I have been around John enough this season at games. And I don't know how you do it. I hope you get uh, overtime pay for this podcast. Uh, but, but, uh, uh, you guys are doing a really good job. I mean, uh, and uh, happy to be on this podcast. And, and you guys work about as hard as any 
uh, young duo coming up in this business. So it's great to see both of you uh, and your successes and, and the hard work paying off because I think, you know, that's something I've tried to even instill in, in my daughter Talia is, you know, and she's younger than both of you guys, but um, coming up, I think that sets you apart. And, and it's clear as day that that work ethic has set both of you guys apart in, in, in your, you know, your path and your success. Let's, let's hold up. Let's hold up a second. You're talking about me carrying Adams. Your daughter, Talia, carried you all throughout the 2019-20 season. And I know she's on right now. Talia, you can tell me, right? You had to carry dad. I did, a little bit. Exactly. And, and you know what? I, I know this for a fact because, Goodman, I, I think I had to kind of carry you from Merrimack to Providence on a, about an hour and a half road trip. Uh, which, which, by the way, kindly of you, you, you did get me some pizza, which, as you know, I like pizza. But from there on <laughs> out, it was, uh, it was a panic Done. attack. It was off. You know, I knew when I got to Merrimack, that was a, a, a triple header for Talia and I. And we were running low on gas as we drove into Merrimack, but we got there at halftime. So we wanted to get there as quickly as we can. And I reminded her, I said, remind me, when we come back out, we need gas. Well, we were hungry. Don't blame me for this. Well, you, you're partially the blame yeah, for this. Don't blame your daughter. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, fine. This is not well, right. It was my. I uh, listen. I've He's run not out of driving gas the car. every year. Every year I run out of gas once. Last year it was on the way to Syracuse for a Syracuse game, and I had to call AAA and wait there for a half an hour for them to t you know to to give me some gas. So I do it every year because I'm not paying attention. But I just want to know, John, how much were you sweating it out when you saw the. Uh, I think it was one mile on, on the on the car that we we're going to run out, but we ended up getting how many miles out of that? At least five. Oh, this was Kramer on the highway in Seinfeld, where he just keeps on rolling through despite uh, being low on gas. This was totally I want, that I episode see you of push. Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah I on the scale, see, I, I, exactly. on the scale of one yeah. to ten, what would your faith have been in John's ability to push the car to the nearest gas station? <laughs> Zero. Absolutely zero. I've seen him winded uh, it was in those, one to some ten. of those the videos. Yeah, that's why I said zero. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen the videos of Fanta trying to, you know, people trying to teach him how to how to shoot and, you know, those workout videos. And he, he's winded after like a couple shots. So imagine him trying to push uh, my SUV. There's no chance that was happening. It, it wouldn't have moved. Anyway, it's a work in right, progress. To get back to get back to your, I, I, I get off track. That's something uh, I do. Both your, your producers, um, Bruce and, and Mike, know this very well. I tend to get off track. But <laughs> this, this Hall of Fame class um, is, is elite level. It is. I mean, I, I called two months ago a guy at the Hall of Fame, and I said, listen, tell me whatever it costs. I want to take my dad to, to the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. And I'd taken him probably once before, seven or eight years ago, and he had a blast. And this one's going to be very expensive as we know, because it's got three of the greatest players ever in Kobe, Tim Duncan, and, uh, and Kevin Garnett. But I was, I was especially happy as a college guy that Eddie Sutton got in. You know, obviously his health uh, has really uh, deteriorated lately. We've seen pictures of him. He can't really speak. And I was with his, one of his sons, Sean Sutton, about a month ago at Texas Tech. And, and you could tell with that family how much it, it, it means uh, to have their father, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Sutton get in the, the Hall of Fame, especially while he's still alive and able to enjoy it. Jeff Goodman, 
of Stadium is our guest. Jeff, let's turn to the NBA draft process. What are you hearing the latest on this process, which is very much up in the air, but how do you also think it will change uh, the way that the, the draft is looked at this year and then done? Well, there's really no testing the waters. That's that's the biggest thing right now. There may not be a combine. Uh, there may not be team workouts uh, or, or interviews are probably going to be done through Zoom. Uh, the draft is going to be pushed back most likely. So I, I think, again, anybody who's – and I talked to Scotty Lewis from Florida last night, and he decided to stay in, uh, go back to the to Florida, go back to college, and he was a guy that probably would have been drafted, I think, early second round was probably the most likely pick for him. But he said, he said, listen, I know I can um, improve my stock through team workouts and especially in interviews. The kid, the kid is super impressive uh, as a kid in terms of how he comes across, how he can deal with people. And he said, I'm just going to hurt myself by not having the ability to improve my draft stock. So I'm going to go back and try to make sure I'm a first-round pick and maybe get to, to be a lottery pick next year. So I think a lot of kids – would be smart uh, to follow that path if they're not picked. If they're if the undergraduate advisory committee, the NBA's, comes back and they're not a first rounder. But again, the bottom line is this: this stuff has changed now, guys. Where now kids are going, not if they're first rounders. They're they're going if they're even if they're not going to be picked and they know it, or maybe they're picked in the second round. They're still saying, you know what? I'm I'm done with college at this point. I can't improve my stock. Um, you know, even a miles, look at miles Powell and Marcus Howard. They're going to be perfect examples. Now, did they have great college careers, great senior seasons? Absolutely. No doubt about it. But did they improve their stock? Even with what they did this year, did they improve their NBA draft stock with what they did this year? Probably not. They are kind of what they are. And people had seen that their junior seasons. So I don't think it mattered to them. So ultimately, um, I don't think it's going to change that much. I think the numbers are going to be similar in terms of you had like 185, 180 kids the last two years put their name in for the NBA draft, and then about half of them decided to, to, to keep their names in. Yeah, Jeff, just to go off of that a little bit with, with the new rules in the last year or so, so many, so many people can declare with really, you know, some really don't have an intention of – of going to the NBA or getting drafted, John Fanta could put his name in and, and say he's entering, uh, he's testing the waters. Um, hey, so I just, might. <laughs> keeping that in mind. And that, that honestly drives me crazy these days. I think kids just put up a little graphic to say, oh, I'm going to the NBA draft and they know they're going to be back at college. Anyways, I went off on a tangent like you did, Jeff. But um, just any any declarations that have surprised you yet? Um, any kids that you're still waiting to hear that you think will be impactful, whether or not they declare for the NBA draft? You know, there are about 80 right now um, that have <laughs> declared. And, and there, there are some names that I've never heard of. I mean, that, that's the craziest part of this is, is there are honestly some names, uh, a kid from Brown put his name in that I had never, ever heard of. Uh, Manny Camper from Siena, you know, good, solid player, kid from NCA&T, Cameron Langley. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Like, they just want attention. Mm -hmm. It's like the same thing 
when they transfer now and, and come up with lists of, you know, my top 11. Landry's Nolly put up his list of, here's my top 11. And my dumbass retweeted it. And, and I want to, I honestly want to get all the, the media people together who break news and, and get everybody together on one text thread and say, all right, enough is enough. Let's stop retweeting the top fives and the top tens. Uh, let's just, okay, when you make your decision, let us know. And, and, and that's newsworthy. But a top five, a top ten, I don't know. These kids just all want attention at this point. It's, it sucks. Honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of ruined it. It's gotten worse with social media, no doubt, because um, they can put it out there themselves. And everybody says, you know, the interaction, right? You put out a top 11. Well, every, every fan from all those 11 schools is going to start hitting you up. And you're growing your Twitter followers. I mean, I have kids reaching out to me for that. Can you retweet this? So I can get more Twitter followers. No, I'm I'm, I'm done with that shit. I'm done. I'm with you. That stuff drives me insane. It drives me insane. I hope the Jeff. profanities aren't going to get you guys in trouble on this podcast. Ah, uh, no, we roll with the punches here on full court right, press. Good, uh, good. Looking good. at a mock draft, it, it's a consensus that Lamelo Ball uh, of the well-known Ball family. Uh, is going to be one of the top picks, but college basketball fans do not know him well. So what's his skill set? Yeah, uh, I do know him well. Uh, I haven't been around him in the last couple of years, but uh, I was with them uh, plenty over the years before that, and he is super talented, guys. He, he really is. I mean, he's a kid who's got some of the court vision and passing ability of Lonzo Ball. He's a better offensive player. When I was around him, he didn't guard a tree. I, I thought he was um, – but, but, again, I'm not sure how much I blame that on him in the, the, the lack of maturity or most of it I blame on his father, LeVar, because he, he, he let him do whatever he wanted. He did. He let him jack up. You know, he could jack up four air balls from 35 feet, and LeVar would be over there smiling and laughing at him and, and, and kind of prodding him to take another one. So – you know, I think he's matured over the last couple of years. He's starting to defend a little bit. Um, this is a really not a good draft. It's not. I mean, there's just nobody you can look at in this draft and say they're clear-cut number one pick. Some people have Lamelo. Some people have Anthony Edwards uh, of Georgia. Some people might even have uh, Obi Toppin of Dayton and James Wiseman who played a couple games for Memphis. Uh, it's not a great draft this year, so there is a chance Lamelo goes number one. But he's so different than Lonzo in every way. Uh, you know, I just said his passing ability and his court vision are similar. The big difference is Lonzo plays the game fundamentally the right way. Um, Lamelo does not. Everything is is flash and sizzle. Uh, and and where I hope he goes to Golden State. I really do because I honestly I hope all of the, those guys go to Golden State, but especially him. Because put him with Steph Curry, and he might have learn how to play the game the right way. And that's what he needs. If he does that, man, he could be really, really good. Very interesting stuff to look out for there, Jeff. And let's, let's turn to next year a little bit. We know so much is just uncertain right now. We have no idea when sports are going to return what's going to happen with college basketball. We hope it'll be back normally scheduled in the fall, but just what are, what are some of your big storylines that you may already be looking out for next season? I believe you had Baylor in as your number one in your way too early preseason rankings. Um, What is it about Scott Drew's group that you think they will be back up there towards the top? 
So I, I think you can make a case for three teams at number one, and I think two are actually in the Big East. Um, I have Baylor at, at number one because they, they returned just about everybody from a team that was in the top, you know, five all year and number one longer than just about anybody else. Um, but I, I love Villanova, even if they lose uh, Sadiq Bay. I still think they're going to be terrific next year. Uh, and, again, we know what Jay Wright can do with a with, with an experienced team. Uh, and they'll have Gillespie back. You know, to me, I'd be shocked if Jeremiah Robinson Earl doesn't come back. You know, Justin Moore, Swider, Samuels, and, and Brian Antoine with, like, a real Brian Antoine. They didn't have that this past year. And Creighton, as long as Alexander comes back, Zagorowski will be healthy. They got everything back, and they're going to have a big – I mean, Epperson – should be healthy-ish at least next year. Uh, and they bring in another, you know, freshman big guy. So I, I love – I think the Big East is going to be loaded next year. I really do again. Well, that is some fascinating stuff. Creighton and Villanova at the top of the Big East, and the conference will expand to 11 with UConn coming in. Elsewhere in terms of national storylines, Jeff, uh, I look at Duke. You've got Jeremy Roach, DJ Stewart, and Jalen Johnson coming in for the Blue Devils. And then Kentucky also has a couple of perimeter players that are coming in, five-star wings, B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark. Uh, Devin Eskew as well. And with Tyrese Maxey going pro, uh, that's an interesting storyline for the Wildcats. Which freshman class intrigues you more? Um. Well, I think more is going to be on Kentucky's freshman class, uh, to be honest. I just think everybody's going to leave Kentucky. I mean, think about it. Tyrese Maxey, Ashton Hagen's already gone. Nick Richards will probably leave. Emmanuel quickly could leave. So I think so much is going to be on this this class of Kentucky. I would expect Calipari to add a grad transfer here to, to, to try to get older. Um, and I love their point guard coming in, Devin Askew. Love him. Uh, I have concerns about Terrence Clark. Uh, I've seen him at Brewster Academy. I've seen him in AAU, and he's he's really up and down. So I just think there's more on Kentucky's class. But I think Kentucky, Kansas, Duke right now, all three have a ton of question marks going to next year. I didn't have any of them in the top five, again, because I just think there's there's way more questions than teams like Baylor, Villanova, Creighton, you know, even Gonzaga. They bring um, they bring a lot back also. So I, I think it's shown lately you don't win with freshmen. You don't win national titles. And I think, again, unless they get some grad transfers and get older, and Duke, I think, is going to lose Vernon Carey, Trey Jones, Cassius Stanley. We'll see if Matthew Hurt transfers what he does. So they're going to be young, too. But I think Kentucky's class, is, is they're going to be even more dependent on, on that class than, than Duke will be. And, Jeff, you mentioned transfers a bunch there. That's something that's certainly keeping you busy right now without games. I think I saw your, your last list is up to 600, which just seems insane. But who do you think are some of the, the biggest gets so far that have already transferred and signed, sealed, delivered? And who do you think are, are the best prizes still out there to for coaches to snag? Yeah, I, I think – I mean, here, here's the deal, too, is we're, we're about 100, uh, maybe 75 uh, ahead of last year's pace. And the thing that could be the game changer, and we don't know yet, is if in May or June the NCAA decides to let this one-time tra- transfer waiver go through for this year. And I've heard conflicting reports right now. We don't know yet. They don't know yet what they're going to do. 
But if they allow that, I think the transfer portal will take another big jump at that point. Uh, but the big ones right now, the big winners to me, Chris Mack at Louisville, Kermit Davis at Ole Miss. Uh, Mack got Carleek Jones, the best transfer uh, on the market right now, Radford, point guard. So now Louisville's got the point guard uh, much needed to play along with David Johnson. It takes some pressure off him. They've obviously got Samuel Williamson coming back as a sophomore. Malik Williams is a senior. Um, so I, I think Louisville's in pretty good shape with Carl Leak. And uh, Old Miss surprised me. They beat out UConn for Demencio Vaughn, uh, who's really, really, really good grad transfer from Ryder. Uh, a wing, tough, hard-nosed New York uh, native. Uh, he, he can really, really help them. Um, and the other one to watch for, I guess, is Ohio State, Seth Towns. Um, he hasn't played in two years at Harvard, though. So he's a Columbus native. He was the Ivy League player of the year three years ago. Uh, and if he's close to 100%, he'll be valuable for, for Chris Holtman. But now Holtman's lost a lot, too. I mean, think about it. They've lost D.J. Carton, transfers. Alonzo Gaffney isn't even transferring. He barely played, and he's just going pro because he doesn't love school. And then they lose Luther Muhammad um, over the weekend and, you know, not a star, but a piece and a veteran. So now I didn't have Ohio State in my top 25 before all this, and uh, I don't know how you could possibly have them in there right now. Jeff, what's the story behind Patrick Tape, who uh, a Columbia transfer had committed to Duke, then looked like he was pulling out, reopens his, his recruitment, and then ends up going to Mike Krzyzewski? Yeah, kind of uh, intriguing, as I tweeted when he left, you know, uh, greatest player in Duke history. Now he's got a chance to really show it. He gets he gets an opportunity. I think he's just a peace, guys. And I think at the end of the day, he was he was worried that he was going to be uh, over-recruited and Duke had to sell him on the fact that, no, no, you're not going to be Sean Obi or somebody like that who never played after putting up big numbers at Rice, a, a big guy a few years ago at Duke. You're going to have a chance to actually be in the rotation compete for for quality minutes and not just going to be stuck at the end of the bench you know there was some speculation that Vernon Carey is going to come back to Duke I just don't see that there was any chance that was going to happen and maybe they had to sell him on that as well all right Jeff just just wrapping up here sadly we already said we do not have a game to watch tonight so what have you what will you be watching tonight what have you been watching maybe on Netflix or Hulu? What has Jeff Goodman been watching, binge watching to pass the time without college hoops on? Yeah, I saved the final episode of Ozark for tonight. So I'm, wow. I'm excited. Great show. I mean, terrific show. Maybe my, I don't know if it's my favorite show, but it's up there in terms of just kind of one of those that you, you like 24 was that years ago. I don't know if you guys ever watched 24. Um, but it was the type yeah, of show sure. that my wife, yeah, it was awesome. It, it, the type of show that we couldn't go to sleep. Like w- my wife and I would end up being up until three, four in the morning because it was always that cliffhanger at the end of each episode. <laughs> and Ozark kind of has that a little bit. Um, so, you know, I would say um, Ozark would be up there. My other favorite show, and I got through it all. We We, we got through it pretty quick and it's kind of, a little bit vulgar, but it fits me. If you guys, you guys both know me a little bit. It's Shameless. <laughs> you watch Shameless at all? Either Shameless. Of you? No, I haven't. I am on no. the Ozark That's... train, though. It's a comedy. I haven't seen Shameless Ozark yet. A comedy, and uh, well, Fanny, you don't ever, you know, like 
you got to sit around. You're sitting around now. Like, what else are you doing? What do you What do you have to do right now other than I want to see videos of you like running the forty? Can we Can we get your your forty time today? And then, like in a month, can we work on this? Maybe you and I'll do this together. I mean, you're like half my age, so you should be able to beat me in in, in the forty at this point. Um, can we Can we have some sort of competition where maybe we both, you know? Um, do our 40 times and then, you know, start to work out and see if we can improve those times. You do not want this smoke, Goodman. Ooh. <laughs> you're oh, probably wow. right. You're, pro- you're probably right. My wife would probably yell at me for this challenge because I, I might die. Uh, you know what? There. My mom oh, has plans. On, guys, you're asking me what yards. I'm doing. Yeah. And you're asking me what I'm doing. I, uh, mom and I made chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Wow. Now, now look, it involves food. We've got colored eggs this week. It's Easter week. There's there's things lined up. There's things in the cooker here. You're but I haven't cook? watched Ozark, you know, so I got to do that. I can't cook, guys. I cannot cook at all. The only thing I can do Retweet. is grill. Yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I was grilling. I was grilling last week, and uh, in the middle of chicken, and the uh, the propane gas ran out. Oh no! So it was it, it was an <laughs> awful experience. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna. I got a new propane tank, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to work on some maybe steak tips or something like that. I, we still haven't done takeout. you know. We've not done takeout once because I don't know. I'm still a little bit weary of, of, of I know you are, John. I know you've gone the takeout route, uh, but I'm still a little bit scared. And, and I just felt like to this point we've been okay, but I may have to kind of bite the bullet and go the takeout route. And I know it helps local businesses, especially a town we live in, which has a bunch of independent restaurants. So I'm just torn on it. Well, Jeff Goodman, can you fill up your propane tank, please? There's something about you and gas. You, you don't have gas in your car. You don't good have point. propane in your grill. Do your, do your wife and your daughter some good. No preparation. No foresight. Uh, the, te- the, the, the car is filled up, though, because uh, we've been going on drives. My, my daughter and I, luckily you were not – I didn't have you uh, deal with my daughter driving with her permit uh, or else it would have been far, (laughs) far scarier than uh, almost running out of gas. Follow Matt Goodman hoops. There's news in this sport every day with the transfer portal, with the NBA draft and with coaches so much more. Jeff, thanks for the time. No, be safe guys. Uh, Continue to do good work and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to actually see each other uh, face to face soon. Great to get Jeff Goodman's perspective. Typically, this is Championship Monday, and yes, the focus is on the big game. But you've also got so many storylines that are developing on this Monday. Uh, It could be a Black Monday in the college basketball world because it's typically when coaching searches uh, are either starting or are either right in full force because at the Final Four, a lot of athletic directors are meeting with candidates. But you've also got the transfer portal loading up at this time. Normally, that's already really loaded up. And Kim, last year there were 500 transfers right around that that number. Uh, this year on pace for even more. And with the NBA draft, as Jeff said, we've already got over 70 players who have declared. So he's a must-follow at Goodman Hoops because this time of year, things are so fluid in this sport, and it's something to watch. Let's turn to what he brought up. Uh, And what we asked him right off the top, he had Kansas and Seton Hall meeting for the national title. He had Kansas winning the national championship. 
Kim, who would be your two teams in the men's and the women's side? Uh, let's start with women's who I was just going to say, John, you mentioned the transfers on the men's side, the transfers on the women's side are at an all time high as well. I think they're up to over 400 right now. So really just a lot going on. Some coaches change coaching changes going on. Vic Schaefer, big news last night, leaving Mississippi state to take over at Texas. That was some big news, but anyway, the national title game would have been last night. I think the entire world missed out on getting to see Sabrina Ionescu win a national title. She decided to come back for one more year for her senior season with that exact goal in mind. So I think we were all deprived of seeing her greatness. I have Oregon beating South Carolina on the women's side. So, But it wasn't just Sabrina. The Ducks have a, a full team. They have a couple players that'll that'll be lottery picks in the WNBA draft, which is happening as scheduled on April 17th, I believe it is. But I have Oregon over South Carolina on the women's side. And then looking over to the men's side, I will, I'm going to go with Jeff on Kansas as champion, but I'm going to continue on the Cinderella story a little bit. I think we would have seen the Dayton Flyers playing tonight. Anthony Grant, Obi Toppin, like Jeff said, if there was ever a year to have some of these Cinderella stories, a mid-major in the Final Four, a mid-major in the championship, I think this would have been it. And that's why I think everyone is just – this whole COVID pandemic is had to strike right now. In a year where all, all year on our podcast we talked about, man, there could be so many teams in this Final Four. Um, so I do think Kansas was showed they were the best – team in those final few weeks of the season beating Baylor um but I think it would have been really really fun to see Obi Toppin a player who you know you talk about people who are are missing out because of March Madness well he's maybe the biggest one um because how many times were people tuning into Dayton this year not much so that's a a player whose brand really could have been elevated on this stage um so that's like like not being able to see Sabrina, I think that's just sad that the, the nation wouldn't have gotten to see Obi Toppin compete for a national championship tonight, John. I'm going to twist it up a little bit. Um, on the women's side, not a whole lot because I've got South Carolina as my national champion. 32-1. and one, The Gamecocks had four scores with over 12 points per game. They just had so much versatility. And I loved watching Aaliyah Boston play. Uh, I just thought she had a fantastic season. This was a South Carolina team that, that I just didn't think was going to be touched in the NCAA tournament. I think they would have met Kim Mulkey and Baylor in the national championship game. And I, I think Ooh. that South Carolina wins that game. Uh, on the men's side, I'll go off the beaten path a, a little bit compared to what Jeff and Kim said, but really not that far off the path. So, I'm going to go bold with my mid-major making a national championship game. And the name of that mid-major is not Dayton. It's not even San Diego State. I think this team was playing really good basketball. I watched them a couple times and thought they could be a really tough out in the NCAA tournament. And that is why I'm going to go with BYU making an improbable run um, to the Final Four, getting to the national title game. Meeting the Baylor Bears. Now, for CBS and Turner, 
TV executives, this wouldn't have been a ratings booster. But Baylor won 23 in a row. It's hard for me to sit here and say there wasn't a great team in the sport when Kansas beat that Baylor team, but when Baylor also, they reeled off 23 straight wins. And the Big 12 still was a solid league this year. And I never thought the Bears got credit. From the very first podcast we did this year, Kim, I kind of brought up the fact that I, I just thought that Baylor with Freddie Gillespie, with Jared Butler, with the pieces that they had, that's a team that that had the ingredients to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. They defended and rebounded better than anybody in, in the country. And offensively, I, I thought that Butler could do enough. They had a big-time shot maker. So I, I'm with you that they were great at the beginning of the year, but how did they end it? They lost, they lost three of their last five games. For me, when I'm looking at March, I'm looking at who's peaking at, at the end of the season. So I'll – Baylor would not have been my choice, but I, d- I do agree with you that they were disrespected all throughout the year, but they didn't end off too strong, which is why for me, when I'm, when I'm making my picks, I'm looking at who's playing well as we get set to tip off round one of the NCAAs. And for me, that wasn't Baylor. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Um, I think that the Bears would have brought got it back together. Uh, I think that this was a team that, that had the makeup again of a team that could make the Final Four. And I just had, had the gut feeling that Scott Drew was going to get them back on the right course. Um, so that's why I, I think that you're looking at a Big 12 champion there because we both said Kansas and Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and perhaps Baylor fizzles. Um, but to, to dice it up a little bit, uh, that's what I'll go with. I, I didn't think that there was a team – you know, like like Virginia started to make some traction. Uh, you had Creighton get up to number seven, but I wasn't sure about them making the final four being that type of a team. I think you go mm-hmm. back to to some of those teams that were at the near the top. And then uh, I went bold because I, I I saw BYU a couple times. I, I, I saw them um, play Gonzaga and I, I just I, I thought that they were they were really good in that game. So that's why I go with the Cougars. Uh, and what they were able to do. Yoli Childs had a, a tremendous season. And it's it's hard. It's it's hard to think about some of these kids that just don't get a chance to write their final chapter. We've brought that up many times um, mm-hmm. on the show. But you know what? Uh, as many kids have told us, Marcus Howard said it best. He goes, you remember the process, the journey uh, that we went on and that we took. And, and this was a great college basketball season. You know, plenty of parity. It was a lot of fun, and that's why it would have been. That's why we've got so many different predictions uh, on the men's right. side because we don't really know who would have been in that championship game. Yeah, I mean, I I love the bold picks. I think the only thing we can agree on is it's just it's sad that we don't have a game tonight. You know, this is this is new. This is new for all of us. Um, but obviously, we just continue to wish for the health of all the players, all the coaches, all the fans, and hopefully everyone will be riled up and ready to go a year from now. Absolutely. Um, and like Dr. Edwards said last week, you know, what we can do right now is stay home and hope everybody's enjoying some family time and in place the national championship. Hope you found an Ozark um, or another show because there's plenty of them out there that you can watch and, and, and be as entertained. Another episode of Full Court Press with Fans and Adams is in the books. Thanks again to Jeff Goodman 
at Goodman Hoops on Twitter for spending some time with us. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all their help. Ben Wolfen edits the show, and we always appreciate his contributions. Please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong drops each Wednesday. Each Thursday, Monica McNutt drops by with buckets, boards, and blocks. On Fridays, you have the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday, and John and I always back with you on Tuesdays with Full Court Press. So please check them out, download them, rate, and review them. I know everyone has a little bit of extra downtime right now, and with that in mind, we just want to continue to thank everyone who is on the front lines of this pandemic battle in the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, people who are just employees of the hospitals cleaning it. You guys are truly amazing, inspiring. Our thoughts are with you. I know a lot of us personally have have nurse friends, doctor friends, and, and we're seeing some of the personal struggles they're going through. This is This is a really challenging time for them. So we just want to continue to thank them and wish them the best in all their efforts. And we, and we hope that you do as well, anything you can do to help. I know I've seen people uh, organizing food donations to give to hospital workers, snacks, drinks, just coffee, anything that we can do to, to make it a little bit of an easier time for them. In the toughest of times, you see a community uh, come out and you, and you see it uh, at its best in terms of helping each other. And I, I think, of all those hospital workers, all those healthcare workers, whether you're a doctor or a nurse, whether you're on the cleaning crew there, God bless you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Uh, what I've also seen in my own neighborhood is people start to make masks and drop them off at the hospital and people just checking in on one another um, while social distancing. But you know, check on check on the elderly. Uh, those people need our help. Uh, but also, how about the people in grocery stores? Uh, how about our first responders who are always working and trying to do their best uh, to keep things safe? To all those people that are going the extra mile and are helping us each and every day, thank you for all you're doing. We appreciate it and uh, hope that everybody that is inside their homes continues to stay inside their homes. And, and we're all going to pull through this together if we all just help one another out because. At the end of the day, we have each other. That's what we really have. And thanks to all those on the front lines, prayers to anyone that's been affected by COVID-19. Um, we're thinking again. Stay strong. We'll see you next week on Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. One. Two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.